asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. I'm Emily. I'm Kate. That's right. And today we're recording an episode with our wives talking about money. That's right, man. This is our uh, our fifth annual. Is that what we're going to call this? We do this just about every year, and specifically, we do it while we're at the beach. It's a way for us to not get too far behind in the episodes that we're creating. <laughs> uh, so we mix a little bit of work with pleasure, and we've got our wives here, Kate and Emily. And before we get to the questions, Yona, what do y'all think about this house uh, that we're staying in? Because I'll go ahead and Quick explainer, this is by far the nicest beach house that we've stayed in. And uh, I, I would say that we've come a long way since some of the early beach oh, days. Man. Have we ever? We have more than one bathroom for 11 people. So <laughs> that is a win. No, this house is awesome. It has a pool, which is fantastic when you got seven kids. Yeah, I think... Uh, Looks like Kate does not like it. Uh, she, <laughs> she's just pouting over there for some reason. But uh, no, so, no, Kate does like it because, well, it's got the, the dopest stove that we've ever cooked on. Have you ever cooked the best on kitchen a to Viking? Cook no, no. Now I, I will cook on nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> so That's not good. <laughs> for your for your budget, so we'll do you, talk about it later. you feel like it's worth it the the additional money for the additional luxury. I think it was. I was thinking just this morning how we Emily mentioned a house with just one bathroom, which we legitimately stayed at in Jacksonville Beach. There was one like outside, uh, <laughs> but then there was one inside, and so for all of us to share that bathroom it was, was literally an, like an outhouse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you were was, sweating when you were in there. Uh huh. So it was like uh, splitting that house was kind of crazy, and it was. We we remember we finally figured out the name spelled backwards. It was it was called Automat, and we were like, "What does that mean?" It was Automat. tomato spelled backwards because they had tomato stuff all up in the well, kitchen. We were sitting there playing games, and yeah, I looked up there and realized that 
Holy crap! It's like was it's like the scene in The Shining where the kid's saying red rum the whole time, and finally it clicks, and we're all kind of horrified. <laughs> that's actually exactly how that's it went exactly down. Yeah. Yes, I think yeah. we were like playing Settlers of Catan, Probably. and we're like, that's why there's tomato paraphernalia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. As the kids Everywhere. get older, it's like we need a little more space, and and so the, and this this is definitely an upgrade. But I I think it's nice to go from uh, like crummy slumming it and it makes you appreciate the the nicer thing a little bit more than if you just like upgrade all the time and everything's nice all the time so i don't know i have fond memories of that trip yeah even though i know like going number two was weird because there was one bathroom everyone was there it was awkward (laughs) i also want to just shout out that we have no kids in diapers for the first time on this vacation everyone's swimming i mean the boys are in life fest but they're swimming and that. it is a game changer. I yes. feel more like a like an adult rather than a parent yes. chasing chasing a kid. I've actually sure. read a book, like maybe only a chapter, but that is the first <laughs> in a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. No, so, it's, it's okay. Different, definitely different vibes. Do you, so? Do, here's my here's my question or thought for y'all. Do y'all have any regrets about this house? Because I'll go ahead and say I think I have been the one that has had the most. Not cold feet, but when we were initially looking at some of the different properties, I was just like, oh my gosh, are we really going to spend... The, like literally, when you, you Kate sent it out as a joke, I was like, oh, or we could get this one, ha ha ha. But then we basically, the more we looked at it, the more we thought, oh, no. What if we got this? This would be amazing. <laughs> what Zero is, uh, regrets. Kate should tell more jokes. No regrets. No, <laughs> no regrets. regrets. Let's do it again next year. This is great. <laughs> yep. I think this one is is worth the money. It's an annual trip and... I don't know. It's even proximity to the beach, walking there, the pool, all that stuff. It's this. This is like it's uh, definitely got the like the value is there. Yeah, right? we couldn't yeah, go back to Audemars. Sure. That would be the worst. Like it's worth the money. It's just a. It always comes down to the individual. Like, is it worth the money to the person? Like, is it worth the money to us? Uh, essentially, yes. So. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah, right. seven Looks kids. Like I mean, there's seven kids in this house. Year, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you guys still reached out and asked for a discount, didn't you? Uh, oh yeah, I think so. Well, I think yeah, we, we had initially it booked it through Airbnb, and then this is a little trick, by the way. Oh, right, you yeah. see, you see who lists it, and oftentimes it's a vacation rental company. And then we were like, wait a second, we're still in the cancellation window. Let's cancel this joker after we reach out to the vacation rental company. And it was like thousands of dollars less oh, yeah. than and and yeah. so literally, I was looking up the dates for next year. It's more than it's a more than three thousand dollar difference if you book through Airbnb versus booking directly. Holy cow! So when yeah. that's when you look on Airbnb and you see a place, don't necessarily book right away. Maybe maybe look and see if the the owner or the vacation rental agency can give you a better price. That's right. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the questions before our before our kids start making their way up here mm-hmm. after the, the movie runs out downstairs. I think we should probably start this episode off the way we start off our interviews, which is we always ask guests, and y'all know this, ladies, but we ask our guests what their craft beer equivalent is. Like, what is their splurge, the thing that they spend money on, that to a lot of folks is maybe a complete waste of money. So first of all, I, uh, Suzanne, I think, she wanted to know if y'all like craft beer uh but then secondly like what is something you actually splurge on and specifically I, she was wanting to know if we have a splurge budget do we set money aside for splurges mm-hmm. for us individually uh kate how about you kick it off sure i do like craft beer um we enjoy visiting breweries in different cities when we visit and it's just sort of one thing we do when we travel but it is not my craft beer does that make sense? it's i love craft beer but it is not my craft beer my craft beer mm-hmm. equivalent like money splurge is probably plants. Yeah, yeah I can attest plants. to that. <laughs> P- 
plants inside and outside and probably also art supplies. I buy so many art supplies for projects that are unnecessary but fun. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. what that's what mine would be. That is something that you spend money on that I think most people would say, wait, you're spending how much on paper or <laughs> things that you think should not cost a lot of money, but yeah. Yeah, I also love craft beer and but yes, not my it's not my splurge. If I was going to splurge, man, in this season of life I think two things, books. I'm reading a lot of books and I love books. I'm willing to spend money on it, but also just convenience right now. Like we're doing Instacart this week instead of having to go to the grocery store and it is amazing. I wouldn't normally do that, but anything that kind of is convenient in this season helps speeds things up or gives me more time, I am all about it. Well, I'll say that I did go to the grocery store yesterday. <laughs> so well, we might be doing some Instacart, but uh, yeah. That's I was, true. I was it's a mix. The aisles, so. We tipped yeah. you, though. We tipped you for your My trip. splurge is spending Thanks, is right. sending Matt to the <laughs> grocery store. Uh, so we're going to get to more listener questions later on. There were a lot of thoughtful ones posted in the Facebook group. Can't wait to get to those. But real quick, I think we should talk about like this, this time last year, our beach trip last year, we were still not we were planning on moving, but we weren't sure if we were going to pull it off, especially our family. You guys were under contract or had already even closed maybe, I guess, on a house. And we were like, maybe. And then quickly thereafter, we ended up uh, going under contract on a place we both moved a week apart from one another, moved to the burbs from the city. And it's been an interesting year, uh, to say the least, uh, for our <laughs> families as we've adjusted to kind of a new a new way of life in a new place. So I'm just curious, uh, Emily in particular, what has this past year taught you before we get into like the hardcore money stuff? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. That's a fun question. I think it's taught me resilience and adaptability and that it's important to look for the best and the good and people and situations, even when it's unfamiliar and that you are out of control in life more than you think, but that that's not a bad thing. Well, and I think partly what you're referring to, Emily, as well, like a tree came crashing through our roof. We were, <laughs> yes. in, we've been in a, we got rear-ended in a car accident. So we've been displaced out of our home for a couple right, of months. Right. So it's been for us even more than just moving to a new place. All those other things added in, right. which has made uh, <laughs> we've gone through <laughs> summer a lot of summer change crazy. Yeah. And how to usher three kids through a lot of change. Yeah. And so I think that's just showed us a lot about ourselves and a lot about other people and how do you just make the best of it, even if it's not ideal and how to be grateful for what things are, even if they're not familiar. I like control. I think I've said it before on this podcast. I really like control. And this has been a year in which I just haven't been in control, but that's been a good thing. Um, I'm also grateful for where we've landed. You know, it's been good. It's yeah. just taught us a lot. What uh, what specifically about the move? And so, I mean, we've, I think you know this, but we recorded an entire episode maybe right after we moved or maybe right before talking about just the different reasons how to move and the different factors that we considered. But what about moving to our, our little burb just outside of Atlanta? What has made that, I guess, worth the move? Yeah. Um, space partly. I mean, we have a huge yard now. We have a driveway for the first time. It is mm. hilarious how much our kids are like, it's a driveway. Yeah. We can play games. Having um, a garage. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, I, I know great. that I have made fun of garages in the past. I'm like, it's a house for your car. <laughs> yeah. And like, who's, <laughs> who needs so that? but the utility that comes with yeah. having a garage, it's incredible. I mean, all of the, it's, it's where you put all the things that you use outside, but you don't necessarily want to store them inside. I'm like, okay, I, I guess I've kind of come around you know when it comes to garages but yeah they're great all the things that were so where we moved yeah more space like you said but just being closer to nature uh, Mm -hmm. there's a certain degree of 
like the the neighborhoods and the the town encourage family life essentially like there's a lot of things that make it i think easier sort of like you're saying like you're talking about convenience and it's certainly it's certainly possible to raise a family in town Absolutely. but i do think that at least for us like there's a mindset shift that when we moved out to the burbs this, we sort of like when we, we talked about working out like when we moved it was easy for me to make this mental shift of like oh matt is somebody who works out now but that coincided with a move so it was like this physical tangible change that took place and i think it's like the fresh start effect that we talked this, about with katie mm-hmm. milton exactly mm-hmm. exactly and i think something is, is similar when it comes to sort of making some of these what feel like sacrifices at the time right moving out of a city uh, and having this, it's a change of mindset while there is still sort of an actual change in sort of the amenities or the restaurants or the yeah. festivals, you know, like mm-hmm. it's a lot different taking our kids up to the square and going to a 4th of July parade than it is to take them to East Atlanta Village for the East Atlanta strut, right? Yeah. And we went to both of those through over the past 10 years or so. But I guess, Kate, like I, I'm curious if you have any regrets or anything you miss specifically from living out here in the burbs as opposed to, to living in town? I don't think this is a regret, but I definitely miss the community that we had built over sure. 15 years. I mean, that was those were old established relationships. And um, yeah, we're kind of jumping in in the middle of a lot of old established relationships mm, now yeah. and trying to find your way into a comfortable position in those people's worlds is a little bit hard they've got rhythms they've got people they do this every fourth of july do they do that every halloween like we are having to figure out a lot of stuff sort of from the middle it feels like i'm i'm glad we didn't do this five years from now it would have been even harder but harder like we're trying to pull a kramer bust into jerry's apartment but (laughs) (laughs) jerry's apartment is other people's lives and and yeah i agree that's yeah yeah that's been one of the best it's hard to be new i mean there's just a huge learning curve relationally yeah yeah, and everyone oh, has been so kind. I don't so want to down- yeah. I don't want to downplay oh, yeah. that at all. Everyone's been so nice. It's just you're in a rhythm of doing certain things mm-hmm. and you don't always think of that new family down mm-hmm. the street, you know. So It does make it It's a little, a little hard for me. I'm not as um bold of a person and so I would kind of rather be invited than like go out and What's up? Hey! Show up at people's houses, but I've Can't had to you? show up at some houses. I yeah. mean, I really have like shown up at some people's houses where I didn't know if I was going to really know anybody, and mm-hmm. I'm just going to see how it goes. Yeah. Socially, it can be hard, difficult, and you kind of do it like for your community. kids. Like you know, your kids need the friends too, so that's kind of given me confidence to yeah. to pour into those relationships and try to make them make the best yeah well the fact is we are closer to a costco so that does make things slightly more affordable as we've been able to fully embrace the costco membership we're not joking joel's really happy about that meats and all i mean i would again this is something else i made fun of but now that we live closer and literally there's a costco closer to us than the aldi by like 50 feet or that's, something. That, like, that's why you got the Kirkland signature tattoo on your lower back. Oh man, I love it. <laughs> You're all about it now. <laughs> I'm all, Which I love. Very much all about it. Uh, all right. So I want to talk real quick too about, there was a listener question on a recent Ask HTM episode and the it was just so fun to hear from a listener who his girlfriend was in grad school to become a licensed therapist. And so he was like, "Is it, has it like messed up your world as much as it's messed mine up? And so I gave my best reply to that talking about, how, yeah, it has messed it up but in a lot of good ways too so M uh, Leslie she said how did you uh, know it was the right time to go back to school and eventually the workforce you're not in the workforce
workforce yet. You're still in school, but next year you're going to start interning. So we're on the precipice of that. And did, did the ages of your children play a big role? What's that kind of, it's been over two years now you've been in school. What's it been like for us? Mm -hmm. Well, first, my favorite quote is when Joel uh, looked at me after proofreading like my third paper and was like, you know, I never knew I had so many problems until you started grad school, (laughs) (laughs) but it's been good. Ignorance was bliss. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely rocked our world. I think again, you know, being new, going back to school, learning anything new, you know, kind of shows you who you are in a new light as you develop new skills. But I think especially this profession in which you're doing so much introspection and internal work. Um, so yeah, it has, it's changed us and it's changed me, I think for the better. I think it's helped uh, me feel more steady and have a sense of identity and purpose and less anxiety, but I'm also specializing in couples and family. So we've talked a lot about our relationship and kind of learned to say, yeah, this is good, but we also long for more. So what does it look like to, love each other well and where do we actually need to grow? What are we not doing well? And that's just a a rocky process to be honest and take a good look at yourself and your marriage and what you've created and to call what's good, but to also push yourself to grow. So it's been really, really good work. Uh, but it's also been probably an intense is maybe a good word season for us, but good. Um, and then I love the question, how did I decide to go back? Yes. My kids ages had a lot to do with it. I, we had just, I went back when my youngest was one. So I had just finished nursing and I knew that we were done with having children. And so I kind of felt some freedom to start thinking about what I wanted to do next. I also knew I, I generally just loved working and kind of loved the career I'd had before and knew that I wanted to go back to school. And this is the direction I was probably going to go, but I didn't actually have courage to do it. It wasn't like my first choice to go back to school. Um, I think the pandemic in which it just took a lot out of our family kind of gave me the courage to say, okay, I've given a lot to hold our kids together through school and a newborn. What do I want to do? And then I had another friend um, who was in her fifties who had just gone back to school for a counseling degree. And it was just such an encouragement to think, you know, like I'm going to do this. There's never a perfect time, but this is what I've wanted to do. And I'm just going to jump off the deep end and, and do it. So yeah, it's been a killer experience for you, but I think it's been good for our family. It's not always easy, right? As we're having deeper conversations, harder conversations at times, but it's also been really good. I think for the kids to see you pursue something that you love and something that you're really good at. And I think it's helped you and I connect relationally, intellectually in, in different ways too. So it's, yeah, not always easy, like you said, but it's been good. So quick follow up then, uh, and I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit as we've got some of these different questions, but has that changed the dynamic for y'all? So Emily, you're in school, you're reading a lot more, writing, you've got a lot of homework, that kind of stuff. Has that changed some of the different at home roles? So this kind of alludes to Jess's question. She wanted to know, what do you think about the balance of financial contributions versus the domestic tasks or housework, like the mental load of managing a home? The labor is valuable. How do you divide it? Oh man, that's such a great question because, uh, you know, as a family, we definitely value the domestic part of it, even though you're not making money for it. Um, but it's, it's really shifted the dynamics, I think majorly in our home, because I did, even though I was still working part-time, I worked from home and some years I wasn't working at all, especially when I had newborns and I took on like a very large share of the domestic tasks and you just kind of were out of, you know, you went and worked and, and did your thing there. So I think we took out the garbage and stuff, but yeah, it was <laughs> definitely doing far yeah. less. Yeah. And so we've really had to shift 
yeah, who does what. And I think, you know, it's not even always this conversation where we had it intentionally on the outset and lived it out. It was just kind of more, you know, maybe things were falling apart or certain chores weren't getting done and I was overwhelmed and we just had to sit down and be like, okay, here's a problem. How do we fix it? Who, who does it make sense to do what? Okay. So I actually need you to step up more here and I need to step up more here. And then this is just going to have to go by the wayside. So it's definitely shifted it for sure. We have yeah. a lot more conversations about how to divide it, which is tricky being in school. Cause I don't feel like I can yet justify, uh, you know, I'm just spending a lot of money in grad school and not making any yet. And so that's been tricky for me to kind of have to justify taking the grace to need the space and yeah. need the help. It takes more communication too, I think yeah. for sure. Right. Mm -hmm. Although your six figure salary, I know it's coming and that's, that's the light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> yeah. Keep, keep pushing. <laughs> and I think we've also been less afraid to hire out a few, yeah. a few tasks mowing the lawn. I used to mow the lawn all the time. I don't mow the lawn anymore. We hired mm -hmm. somebody to do that. Same with uh, a once a month house cleaning. Like that's, that's something, those are kind of non-negotiables at this point so that we have the freedom to just enjoy our lives a little bit more and enjoy our downtime as opposed to always doing chores, but also I think, um, uh, yeah, allows us more time for your schoolwork and for hanging out with kids, family time, stuff like that. And shout out to extended family. I mean, that's another reason oh, yeah. we did move to the burbs. We're near family and we have a lot of family help. Um, which really you cannot put a value on. Yeah. It's yeah. priceless. True. So. Which, yeah, fingers, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll go down that path uh, just yet. But, uh, well, Kate, I'm curious because you're not in grad school. How, like, what are your thoughts on, like, basically, you, you are primarily a mom. You're primarily a homemaker. What, like, what are your thoughts, like, between the, the balance of, obviously, the many different roles that women can have? Yeah, I am at home. I feel like right now my role at home is something I'm really thankful for. It's been a huge year of transition for us and being home and kind of being flexible and available in all the ways has been uh, great for the transition for our family. Um, I think being a stay-at-home mom can be uh, such a wonderful, noble, life-giving thing, I think it can also be the opposite of that. And so I, I feel like I kind of do the best I can to maintain my identity in that. And I think that's what makes it sustainable for me right now. Like Finding the balance between you as an individual versus the role that you're playing. Yeah, I think it could take over and I could just disappear into mm -hmm. the work of it. And um, I think finding within stay at home mom, the things that are part of who I am at my core, like doing art alongside my kids or working in the art and landscaping while they're out there. You know, I enjoy cooking. So even like finding myself a little bit in that just I mean, I'm just kind of doing the stay-at-home mom thing my own way. It does not look like Instagram, does not look like right. <laughs> the people around us even sometimes it feels like. Um, but it's it's my own version of it, and it's the way that it's sustainable for me is that it just has to... It just I think it's important for our kids to see our own identity, whether or not that's in mm. your career or just in the things that you love and the things you do around them and prioritize. And so, yeah, I think I'm just finding my version of it right now. Totally. Yeah, I love. I really like that. I really like thinking through what is it that we're communicating specifically with you being the primary parent at home throughout the day and carpool mm -hmm. and, and all that. But everything we do communicates something to our kids, and I think it's worth thinking through. Like, all right, like, what are we teaching them through this? 
What are we teaching them by saying no to, in this case? Or what are we teaching them by saying yes in this other way? Or yeah. just the way they see their mom living their life. Like our house mm-hmm. might be messy, but I'm doing some, making something beautiful or whatever yeah. I'm doing. Like they, I've, I've got three girls who may go straight into the workforce or maybe a stay at home mom. And I just want them to know that whichever direction they go, All awesome. their, their yeah. personal identity is going to be a big part of their family culture. And so you can, you can exhibit that in a number of different ways. Totally. Yeah. I wanted to bring that up because I think it's awesome that, I mean that y'all, Emily, you and Kate are very different. And at least at this snapshot at this point in time, like I almost wish that like Joel was a stay at home dad <laughs> and like I was the one that worked or something like that to be able to provide some of the variety because I think the variety and seeing that there's a lot of folks out there doing different things, but you can still do it well, live a great life and do well from a financial standpoint as well, that all of that's possible. It may not look exactly like you said, like some folks lifestyle on Instagram, you may not be able to afford every single thing that you want. There are going to be sacrifices often if you only have a single uh, partner that's working, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. All right. So you mentioned money there. We've got some more money questions lined up from yes. listeners. We'll get to a bunch of those. We'll get to that right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Spring cleaning is kind of a, an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs 
and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, we are back and we're going to kind of dive more into, we've been talking more about like life and living, which I think is a good thing, but we certainly want to make sure that we're tackling some of the specific money questions that listeners had. And so let's get straight to it. Uh, Jessica, she asked, she said, what's one budgeting or money saving idea that you had to talk your husband out of or vice versa? I guess something maybe that you had to talk us into or vice versa. What's something that we had to talk you out of? Yeah, that's how I read it. Which way do you think she's asking it? I don't know, but I read it. (laughs) Do I have to talk you out of stuff or do you have to talk me out of stuff? And generally, Matt has to talk me out of stuff. I think of spending money or talk you out of different ways to save money. Well, that's what I was trying to think through because it's it's sometimes financially financially related, but it's some it's oftentimes just like something big and giant that our family doesn't need to take on. Like a expense or financial like, responsibility? Like a farm. Like a farm. In the backyard. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, do we need, Which do we very need to fence that. in our entire front yard so I can grow, like, corn and okra <laughs> without the deer eating it? Like, maybe I have a whole spreadsheet about that. Maybe I do. And maybe Matt said no. <laughs> but well, it's say no, I, no, he would never say no. But it okay. was a long conversation about, like, what makes the most sense for us to do. Yeah. And it, um, it wasn't uh, that. So you're saying then that I am talking you out of uh, spending money. Yes, but I don't think it really comes down to money. I think it just comes down to like that just isn't practical. That just like you dreamed about it and thought about it for too long one day and it got too big and it's too much to ask of our family, like financially part of it, but also just farming. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Emily, is there something that Joel's like, I feel like maybe this one, this question might be geared more towards towards because Joel is like the ultra frugal borderline cheap when it comes to the different hoops that he's willing to make his family jump through specifically (laughs) you i am Uh, sitting here i want you to know that this question immediately made me think in all seriousness when we were pregnant with our first child uh joel was like mom's a neonatal nurse practitioner she can do this at home right like we don't need to go to the hospital we can save a lot of money free childbirth if your mom just comes in and helps you have a baby (laughs) that was like that's just using my noggin oh that is not how this works (laughs) (laughs) um You know, in general, Joel is an idea machine for sure. I think there are a million ideas, money saving ideas that go through his head every day and he verbally processes uh, most of them. I was going to say, you don't even hear all of them. I know. (laughs) There's some lying dormant in here. They're they're coming later. That's the scary thing. Um, And I think my usual, what do I have to, you know, I don't talk him in or out of it. I think I more just ask reflective questions. Typically, which is how much time is that going to take? Like a real counselor. (laughs) Don't provide them the answer. Let him discover the answer on his own. Let's reflect. Do you have time for this? You know, I'm thinking of this recent Jedi now at this point. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't even know. This Um, is not the Rivian you're looking for, Joel. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm generally up for it. Like I, he's, great at saving money and being free girl and getting creative. I just kind of know my boundaries. Like we have a limited amount of time and I have a limited amount of patience. Can it fit within that? If so, great, go for it. 
you know, like he wanted a phone upgrade and like bought an iPhone to trade it in for an Android that was cheaper. And for, I don't even know, but I was like, literally bought one on Facebook marketplace. I talked about that because <laughs> Google had such a good trade in and I did it. Um, but I know you were a little skeptical. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, look, I need a new phone. Like, can you make this happen? And can you do this quickly? And so I think that's more how we talk about it because yeah. there's a lot of ideas that fly through our house. Yeah. Have y'all, uh, was there a, a recent fight? Because uh, the next question, this one is from JJ. What's the largest monetary decision that you and your spouse disagreed on and how did it resolve? So basically they're looking for the dirt. What's yeah, No, we got a lot of dirt. Other, other than the pregnancy, uh, the first pregnancy, <laughs> which by the way, having had to pay cash out of pocket, that's, I mean, we were literally talking through different ways we could have a baby on the cheap. You should have hired yeah. Emily's mom is what you should have done. <laughs> you probably should She's have. a neonatal nurse, uh, dude. Haven't you heard? My mom was like, no way will I ever deliver your child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, like aside from some of the smaller things, was there a big one where y'all were at odds? Yeah, you know, Kate and I were even talking about this. It's, that's a, such a great question. Um, and yes, we're definitely at odds. To be honest, I feel like the bigger things are easy to agree on, like how we're going to invest money or the ways we want to save or do we renovate or buy a house or are those big things we've been on the same page. It's the small things that I think we get tripped up on. Like, do our kids need a new backpack every school year? You know, I want them to get one. And Joel's like, no, they don't need one out of principle. The one works just fine. Yeah, exactly. And so it's this. Plus sm- tells those other kids to get off my lawn. <laughs> it's the smaller things that I think kind of trip us up at times that we tend to get stuck on. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think it's a mental blockade for me that leads to those discussions oftentimes. And usually it's something I just have to get over and be like, yeah, you're right. Like, well, I think that's pretty common. I mean, life really is made up of small moments rather than the large ones, which is true financially. It's all the small decisions you're continually making. Yeah. That can be Mm -hmm. tricky. They add up. For sure. Kate, one, does one come to mind as far as uh, disagreement that we had? We are in perfect harmony and, and yes. we are in unison when it comes perfect to how it harmony. is we spend. Oh, except for the fence. The fence. The <laughs> except Aww. for the farm in the backyard. Well, the farm. Can you cage match so inside you, of that okra growing fence is my question. <laughs> so you, I mean, you literally, you brought that up and literally that probably is one of the bigger disagreements that we've had and not unlike Emily, it comes down to, I think, asking some of those questions and mm-hmm. it's not just addressing the fence. It's like, where I'm, you know, you ask the yeah, questions yeah. to get to what's underneath that, but kind of asking those questions, figuring out what's practical. And honestly, I think figuring out like what the trade-offs are going to be, because it's like, okay, we can figure, we can decide that like, this is something that we prioritize, but what does this mean for us? Not just now, but what does this mean for us, for instance, down the road? Mm-hmm. If we keep dumping, uh, no, that's negative connotation. I won't say dumping. If we keep spending money on, you know, on our current home, what does that mean for our ability to potentially move to a home that has a room for each one of our kids, which might be nice in a couple of years, that kind of thing. I think those right. are the sort of concessions that we you, you make when you buy things now and it comes down to asking some of those questions, trying to figure out what is it that you ultimately want, right? Yeah, I mean, really, the disagreement was not a financial one. The disagreement was a an emotional one where, like, I had pictured this whole thing. And it was going to be beautiful and wonderful. And the finances of it didn't make sense and the, the brass tacks of it didn't make sense. But emotionally, I was really excited about it. And so having right. a super practical conversation about something I'm, like, kind of emotionally swept up in is just a kind of recipe for disaster is sort of how how I see it. So I don't really know how better we could have resolved it. Like we just had to keep talking about it and I had to kind of like come down off my mountain a little bit. But it was, yeah, it was just an emotional thing. And I feel like a lot of our conversations with finances 
we are able to keep the emotion out of the conversations because things are pretty labeled and numbered at our house. And this was just not. And so it did show us why it is so helpful for us to have most things in little boxes Hmm. because this one thing wasn't in a box and it was like a big conversation. Sure. Yeah. I mean, basically what we're talking about is budgeting. And so at the beginning of this year, we sat down and we, we decided, okay, how much money are we going to spend this year on the house? And not only how much money, but what specifically is that money going to go towards? Like what projects? And like you said, this was new and not included on that. And it doesn't mean we're not necessarily going to consider it in the future. But for this year, it's like, okay, we're kind of at our limit. We're, we're tapped out regarding how much money we just proactively decided that we we're, we're going to spend this year. So, I mean, we're talking basically about sticking to a budget, not necessarily, I'm not a dream killer. <laughs> like, like that's not my intention. The intention is to say like a trainer would, right? Like a physical coach, like a coach or any kind of coach. It's like, Hey, we, this is something that we said was important to us that we said, this is what we're going to do. Can we do that? You know, is this something that we can push off to next year? And maybe, you know what? Boom, nothing like rises to the top of the top of the pile for next year. And it's something that we knock out at the very beginning, but Ochre Garden 2024. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm talking about. That's the that's the real campaign that everyone wants to see. <laughs> Which I would love to say. I wish you could see the Altmix front yard on a budget. They've done a beautiful job. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. Kate they should do a lot with a little for sure. Yeah, it yeah. looks so good because they are intentional and planned it out. And thank you. Are good at executing <laughs> every bit of that. And the shop like pros. So one but for the dang deer. The deer did. Except <laughs> for the deer. Do any listeners have Who? advice on deer? Oh that's what gosh, we need. Oh, we've done we've us. done all the things. Kate's just like. <laughs> Okay, I'm not going to start asking you to pee into this picture <laughs> and then go out there and creating a bound, an invisible boundary. But we're close. But maybe I'm going to. <laughs> You're going to create a predator boundary. <laughs> yeah. I think a bazooka <laughs> is one possible. But you might have run into other troubles if yeah, you do that. Yeah. HOA or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they they're not down with that. <laughs> All right, let's talk about younger us for a second. Man, the good old days, right? Um, now these are these are the good old days right now. But Kathy wants to know how do you adjust to handling finances together after you get married? And you guys are coming up on your fifteenth wedding anniversary, sorry, or sixteenth, sixteenth. 16. 16. Oh, you just yeah. had fifteen, mm-hmm. and we're coming up on our thirteenth. So yeah, uh, getting married, adjusting finances as you come together. Any big takeaways for that? Well, I came to our marriage with no money and no job. (laughs) So we had to really quickly figure out how we were going to feed two people and pay for our bills and everything on one. A very small small minimum wage salary. Graphic designer salary. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Which in some ways I'll say is is good. Absolutely. It was really good. and, And like on one hand, it sounds really intimidating, but it's also, man, is it easier to do that when you don't have habits or bad habits or poor spending patterns ingrained where you're trying to hit reset on those things. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of folks are finding themselves as single individuals where they're working for maybe a decade, earning a pretty good salary where they're able to do whatever it is that they want with their money, taking that to a relationship, trying to figure out what to do. That was more kind of y'all's y'all situation. A little bit. It's the, yeah, I think that you're right. The older you get, the more you are self-reliant the Set harder ways. it is to combine and then and, and to merge everything together we were still relatively young making relatively little and so it it made it easier i think in a lot of mm-hmm. ways for us to just be like all right we're putting it all in one pot and we're doing this together but i do see how it's a different thing if you're getting married in your mid to late 30s or 40s something like that and you're like I'm, i've got my own stuff i've got my own way of living i've got my own budget like and i don't necessarily i love you and want to live together but i don't necessarily want everything to be under one roof money wise i think i get where people are coming from on that mm-hmm. for sure i think for us we didn't 
because we weren't in that scenario, we went to a weekend Dave Ramsey seminar. We did. And got some basic budget tips from that. And Well, that's all. Yeah. At the time... as far as I knew, he was the only guy out there talking about personal finances and I'd run across him and I thought, all right, just from a general not getting into debt or at least getting out of debt and we were in a fortunate position. look at you now. Now you're like the better version (laughs) of Dave Ramsey, Matthew. (laughs) Yes, I I don't at all regret having found my way into the personal finance space via Dave Ramsey. No, I think it was a great foundation for us. He does a lot of amazing stuff for a lot of people, specifically getting out of debt. But beyond that, yeah, obviously we take a more more nuanced approach. Some questionable tactics after that. Sure. Yeah, even then, I think there were things that we weren't we weren't totally iron board with. We never did like cash and envelope situation because yeah. Matt was always about like credit card perks. The points. Every, I mean, so we were doing that way the back then. Oh, so, yeah. but we had a, we had a budget from early on how we were going to live and eat. And I learned really quick how to cook. We never ate out. Like it was, it was a like trial by fire way of learning to budget and live together and not have any money all at once. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we learned together was oh, yeah. the fortunate position we found ourselves in. Yep. Well, what I would say about combining finances is that I feel like we're still learning because I think it, it gets it's different in every season as you have more money or less money or children and it changes things. And what I would say to anyone who's starting out combining finances is self-awareness is so helpful because money, there's just so much value we place on money that we're sometimes not even aware of. You know, what did it represent to you as a kid? Did you have it? Did you not have it? How did your parents spend it? Uh, when you see your partner spin it in a way differently, what emotions does that bring up? Does it make you happy or scared? Like, I just think self-awareness of knowing what money represents um, and what you want to do with your money is so important. And just to remember that while the end goal is important, the process of how you get there as a couple Uh, really like seals the deal. And Mm -hmm. so how do you learn to talk to each other? How do you learn to listen to your partner with their financial concerns? Can you have empathy and understand? And can you talk out the importance? And it's just a slow process. We're still doing it. I mean, you don't arrive, I think, at the smooth joined finances ever, you know, even if you're wealthy. So just learning how to process well and hear your partner and know yourself, I think is super important. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't want anyone to think that there's like something you figure out when you first get married and then you're like set. You're set. Yeah, no, exactly. (laughs) It is a problem. Well, like we said, we're still fighting, not fighting, but having disagreements over whether it's how much money we're going to spend on the yard, how much we're going to spend on kids' backpacks, these types of things. And I think what's at the center of that is communication. Ainsley asks or says, uh, discuss financial communication with your spouse. How involved is she in the daily, monthly yearly finances uh, and she goes on if something happened to you would she easily be able to pay bills access accounts understand the investments do you discuss financial goals both long term and short term does she know your asset allocations how often Great I guess question. do y'all talk about these types of things aside so, so far we've talked about I guess situations that arise because of life right mm-hmm. like okay kids are going back to school what does that mm-hmm. look like as far as getting a backpack but I, are y'all proactively talking about things like if you went to a marriage and finances conference they might say talk about these these types of things how often mm-hmm. are y'all doing that that's a good question i think th- this made me <laughs> yeah. think a couple things it made me think one i need to probably do a create something to where if something happened to me you have 
all of the right. account logins, passwords, and here's where all the accounts is. And, and this it, was a humbling question because, like, yeah. for the past six months, I've been like, you know, if you die, there's like a half of our money. I'm not going to know where it is or what to do with it. Like, <laughs> she, we've literally been talking about, about my this. death frequently. <laughs> <laughs> That's like great. Now she's they like, ask, they're once all going to know. We, insurance policy, I know. It's like, kept coming up. Which, like, like, how much is that for again? <laughs> and so I will say this: like, we have all of the proper like uh, we we have life insurance, right? We have enough in that where I would right. feel and if I, know I passed. Some of that, yeah, you know some of that. I'm also like I need I need to do mm-hmm. be do a better job and really accumulate everything in one place for you. Yeah, partly because you do take over most of the finances. I mean, I'm not in it, but I will say I know every investment that you are in. I mean, we discuss yeah. every investment or rental properties or whatever that looks like. Um, you don't know about the goal that Joel has buried in different, <laughs> different locations in the backyard. Oh, she knows. I mean, I know where that is, but <laughs> right, right. I well, you also should know, Emily. No, okay. all right. I'll be watching your life insurance policy too. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think it's, they're more casual conversations. This is where I actually love that we have, because all mixes do it different than the large guards. This is great to have two different perspectives. I feel like we don't necessarily well, have a... Uh, <laughs> I also need that document. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, yeah, unfortunately, like it's in a similar way. Like I think you, you I mean, you correct me if, I'll let you talk. This actually. is homework. You, you say it, Kate. Homework, by the way, for the two I of mean, us. Do you know where everything is? I know where all of our accounts I know the document that all of our account information is on uh, yeah. and all of our password information is on. And so I was thinking through after I read this question, like, how would I, what would I do in this situation? And I think I could just go through that document probably and get to everywhere I needed to get. And I do know where our investments are. I, I'm pretty sure I know where all of the investment money goes, but um, it would be good to have that document for sure. Yeah. Like the well, ABC. It exists, <laughs> but we just haven't. I guess when we talk about it, so uh, like she was asking about, like the, you know, she was essentially asking about the regularity. And like from a daily expending kind of standpoint, I feel like we every week, ideally like three times a month, that kind of thing, I update you. And I'm like, all right, this is like in a perfect month, I guess. At the, oh, at, yeah. At, I was going to say, I think I get updated about once a month <laughs> where, our, where we are in our grocery budget. Our I feel like that's the first update that I because that's one that you have because I do our day to day spending exactly I, I buy all of the things that we need for the kids and all of the groceries mm-hmm. and then you pay all the bills mm-hmm. and stuff like that so that's our breakdown yeah but then and, yeah. at the end of the month I always like review with you I'm like hey this is kind of where we ended up this is how much we went over this is how much under we were I'll do like a net worth update that kind of thing so I guess it's always verbal though. Like we never sit down and I don't like show you the spreadsheets. So I mean, I can access it. it if I wanted to. And I'd you know, you know, it's there, yeah. but it's really know. complicated y'all. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's very complicated. So Matt yeah. doesn't do anything halfway. Maybe. No. Oh my goodness. Some folks call it like the, Oh crap folder or, yeah. or something like that. But basically if something were to happen, something that literally lists it all out, how yeah. much is in each account, how to access what it's for. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is I think it's so wise. Legit yeah, good homework. It's really idea. smart. And we will all be doing it now when we get back. From we yeah, thank a, you, Nancy. Yes, thank you, We might do a whole Nancy. episode on this after we get <laughs> actually, right, our crap together. Yeah, you know? after y'all write those up. Yeah, yeah the oh, exactly. sh- folder. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you got to have the, some of those other things in place, like life insurance and um, and, and you know where the money's at and know you know the rental properties we have and you know uh, you know where our money's at invested. Vanguard Fidelity, right? Uh no shock to anybody who listens to the show, mm-hmm. but it's it's important to have all that outlined and documented so that it's easy. Because even you leave behind a lot of turmoil if if you leave mm-hmm. this uh, mortal coil, right? And so you, you have to make sure that your significant other is prepared. But let's talk about goal setting. Anna, she wants to know how do you all decide how much to save each year as a couple? How do you navigate which fun and or big purchases to put that money towards? 
we have a annual budget meeting and review everything from the previous year, set goals, not not just financial goals, but also lifestyle goals for the next year um, mm, at yeah. that meeting. So, but because our income is variable, we don't know going into that meeting what if there's going to be a surplus. What is the surplus going to be? So and this has always been the case. This has always been our th- pretty yeah. much since the very beginning. We've never had a set income for the year, so we've. We prioritize and we know that, hey, we want to make sure that we're at least... But uh, we even discuss like, oh, I think we're going to spend a little more on grocery this this year. So that's going to take our mm. monthly budget for grocery a little bit higher. But we also set goals for travel and lifestyle. We are naturally frugal. And so we have pushed ourselves to spend a little more on fun things like kids activities or extracurriculars yeah. for them or a trip for our family. So we've had to push ourselves on those goals a little bit, but because we talked about them in the beginning of the year, that money goes in, a certain amount goes in monthly, and by the time that arrives, it's it's not a big hit. So we do a lot of goal setting yeah, at our like house. Yeah, like those are the savings buckets or the mm-hmm. sinking funds. But it's what's interesting, though, is like what you literally are talking about ways for us to spend our money, which is a shift because, I mean, originally when we first got married, it was more about how much can we set aside and invest? And whatever it is that you measure, you're going to see that improve. And so what we found was that over time, especially as our kids have gotten older, that we needed to take a more intentional step, not in how much we were saving and investing, because we were doing a very good job of that, because that is very quantifiable. But what we weren't doing is finding ways to prioritize lifestyle, which is what the word you kept saying there. Like it comes down, it comes back to what are the different experiences? What do we want our kids to be exposed to what by the time they leave our house what kind of things do we want to have done so it's kind of essentially like almost like planning backwards to a, mm-hmm. to, a to a certain extent and that didn't necessarily come natural so for us it's been over the past two or three years it's thinking through what do we want to do as a family together and we've been fortunate enough to still be able to save and invest a ton for the future uh, not having to worry about that while starting to loosen the the ratchet a little bit when it comes to spending and giving ourselves permission to spend in some of those ways that are important to us. Yeah. That's like lifestyle optimization really coming to the forefront, which is Mm -hmm. even comes down to how we schedule our work weeks and what that looks like. And are we working too much? Are we taking enough breaks or in the overall 52 week spectrum, but also in the five day a week spectrum, do both of those look the way we want them to look? And money plays a part in that in some of those discussions, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because For sure. you, you can work more and you can yep. dial up the income. Uh, you know, you can work as much as you, as much as you want and, and really try to ratchet that up. Or you can say, wait, that's probably not the thing I want to optimize for the most anymore. And there are other more important things that I want to achieve or ways I want my life to look more balanced. But Em, do you have any thoughts on that question about, yeah, big purchases where we like to allocate money? So uh, this is feels like a trickier question because we don't have uh, black and white goals. Honestly, I think we've kind of just had goals we've agreed on in general, which is we wanted to have a, an emergency fund. We wanted to have enough cash flow to not feel stress. And then there are things I think we committed to at the time, like school. We know you know school was worth it, and that was a goal that we're we're putting as, things aside for. Um, your your school grad school yeah my school sorry okay. my grad school um, particularly not flight school for your eight year old right exactly exactly and I think in general we 
have similarities that help. Like we love to travel. We like vacation. That's pretty easy for us to spend on that. We're frugal when it comes to maybe clothes or shopping. So that's easier as well. I think when it comes to goals and being on the same page, for us, a number and a budget doesn't always settle the conversation, probably because we tend to be a bit more emotional, or I definitely am more emotional. And so the meaning behind it is usually something I always have to talk through. So if something comes up or pops up that you want or that I want, I think it's a conversation about yeah, it's value and what it means. And do we have the money? Does it stress other things? Is it okay? Is it worth it? And or even if we have the money, is that something that we value to put the money towards? Yes. Right? Yes. And we wrestle with that internally, individually, but also mm-hmm. together as a couple. Yeah. I, so I, we're taught, I mean, so I think, I guess I, it's hard to talk about it or hard to know how to share because it's actually not super black and white. Yeah. And, and, and it's just more about the conversation and the moment and the season of life. Well, I, I think too, that's where something, getting the big things right means you don't have to stress about the small stuff as well. We do think Mm -hmm. about it in terms of like, does it align with our values, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. like, Oh, can we afford to buy plane tickets to Scotland? And is it how expensive can we really afford this trip? Mm -hmm. We don't have to ask that question because we have one car, it's older, blah, 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 whatever the, the, like Mm -hmm. we've purposely kept our mortgage, you know, uh, far below (laughs) what, Mm -hmm. what most people would say you can afford. Right. And I think when you do that, then those smaller things, like we have, a, a large enough cushion where we can be like, yeah, let's pounce on that. That sounds like fun. We have a big, almost like an opportunity fund is how I think of it. And when opportunity comes along, we can pounce at something really cool if you and I both agree and we think it's worth it. So I think of that as kind of like a fun approach to money as opposed, we're, we're less uh, rigid in our budgeting like you sure. guys. Um, but well, I think that's a part of what Jen's, or was it Jen or uh, Anna? I mean, is, is asking like how, because you said if you agree, mm-hmm. right? And so I think mm-hmm. that's really what she's getting at. How do you decide mm-hmm. if you agree? Because yeah. on one hand, you might say, yeah, heck yeah, I want to go to Scotland. Let's, and so I do too. Like that's not, that sounds like a lot of fun. But Emily might be like, well, I don't really sound like something I want to do. So I guess I'm going to, maybe Anna isn't asking this, but I'm going to dig further. Like, how do you decide if you disagree? Yeah. What if big you value things, it differently? Yeah. What, if, what you if you value it differently? I think if, mm-hmm. if we kept butting heads over it's, something and I said, listen, travel's really important to me. And she says, it's not to me. We would probably diverge in some ways and I might say cool well then I'm gonna find a way to pull this off with a buddy or something like that Mm -hmm. or if you said listen uh this other thing over here is really important to me and I said I don't value that that's okay for partners to value different things um but you just have to make sure that both get equal access (laughs) to be able to pursue those things they love Matt I I noticed you haven't been crafting nearly as much as Kate on this trip. You don't care about it as much mm-hmm. the same as you, but I, you appreciate, I think her craftiness and sure. you don't mind her splurging in that way. I think the same would be, would be true of us. Like we do share a lot in common. We have a lot of things, but, or even something you're, you're willing to go to a concert with mm-hmm. me. Maybe let's say that you don't care about as much and you're like, it's yeah, it's worth it because I want to do that with you, even though that's not necessarily the thing I would choose to do. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's true. I mean, this is such a great question because I think this is at the heart of so much conflict about money is we just value different things. And I think what we're saying is there are different ways to settle that. And I think there are times when it really is a budget. Like you just need $300 to spend every month that maybe the other person just doesn't have an opinion on. And it might be considered luxury to them, but necessity to you. And that's how you decide that. And I think there's actually seasons in our marriage when we've done that, especially when we were newly married and money was tighter. And I mean, you, we really started out with like nothing. That was actually more of a way we handled it. Um, I think now 
as we've like learned each other a little even more intuitively and we understand the values more, like it's sometimes just more conversation. This is important to me. Can we make room for this? Can we not make room for this? But I think it's a lot of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. And self-awareness. So, okay. So I'm going to jump real quick then because Lauren, she basically had a question that was right on, right in line with this. Like she was essentially asking about luxury spending. I'm not going to read her whole question, but she was like manicures, massages, different things like this that your partner or your spouse might think is a total waste of money. How do you justify mm-hmm. that? And what you said mm-hmm. is, I, right, I mean, you hit the nail right on the head, which I think is kind of having like a splurge account, some sort of fund that gets funded, like you said, Joel, that gets equal access, but... You, you're just not going to agree necessarily that that should be how mm-hmm. the other person spends money, but you should respect them enough to say, well, I love you. And even though I don't care for those things, you should have the freedom and feel totally not guilty to be able to pursue those things. You, do y'all think that that's the answer is to have, obviously it's, it can't be something that's like illegal. Like there aren't illicit things <laughs> that, that are taking place that this person is buying where it's secretive and unhealthy in that way. But when it comes to what it is that you value, do you think that that's a good solution? Yes. Yeah, I think it is great. We have separate categories that get funded every month and we do not, for the most part, discuss any of those purchases before we make them. Yeah. So because some of those purchases are like, it's weird. It's weird stuff that I bought (laughs) and I just wanted to try out. And Matt does check we out don't this new hot talk about it. Mod Podge formula. That yeah, was, it's <laughs> waterproof. Can you believe it? It is literally okay. I'm excited because a perfect example is literally Mod Podge and you painting with the kids. What are they like oysters? oysters? And while you're doing that, I get up early and I go and work out at the local CrossFit gym and pay twenty bucks for one workout. Yeah, we're not going to talk about either one of these things. Which, yeah. which is exactly like you're not necessarily in agreement that that's a wise use of my money and vice versa but we also yeah. have enough respect and love each other enough and we know that that fuels something like that's good for us in different ways and yeah. I just wanted and to mention I, that yes and I think it sounds exhausting to talk through all those little things so if it yeah. is below a certain amount like I just it comes out of this category that's just labeled Kate and mm-hmm. I just send when I send over the numbers monthly to Matt, I just say, this comes out of Kate. This comes out of Matt. Yeah. It's, like, on, it's on a card that you keep up it's with. It's on a card that I way, pay. if you need to make a return or if yep. it's not something like, I don't see we those. We don't discuss returns. We don't, we don't talk about them. It's, a, it's, it's a, these are day-to-day expenses. And at the end of the month or as we're getting close to the end of the month, you just send me how much of that payment that you made to that card that's, that then gets deducted from your splurge account. So Yes. We don't call it a splurge account. They're, we just call them like personal accounts. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Kate account and these aren't actual separate accounts they're just buckets they're buckets within an account and that's where like if i get my hair done that's where it comes yep. out or if i buy clothes for the kids or if or i get a, i'm the one that got a massage Matt recently got a massage i got a 30 recently. minute massage i didn't tell you that no you didn't while i was visiting my folks that's something i want more to do more of massages <laughs> i love getting a massage but i do it like once a year sadly that's nice it's something i need to increase in my life so but. just can the therapist and me say one thing oh right. yeah so i think do that we have is to pay for this <laughs> <laughs> i think that's a great solution i've actually just thinking of other practical solutions i've heard couples who they're in charge of certain categories like one's grocery one's home care and if you save money whatever money you save budgeted that goes into your personal account so it's like motivation like the incentive yeah there's incentive then to actually (laughs) earn money within your own budget so i think there's a lot of creative ways to do Uh it again i just want to emphasize though there's not necessarily a right way i think it really is about the process Mm. if you are fighting over the value of things i think you got to sit down and talk about what it means to you and how you're going to solve the solution now what that looks like these are great practical ideas on what that looks like 
and like, yeah, the, the conversation may be exhausting for some, it's not exhausting for us, you know? So I think it just really depends on how you're built, but I think knowing your partner and knowing what you value and having some practical ideas like this, you know, then you can make your own recipe for what that needs to look like. That's right. All right. I feel like we're going a little bit long, but we do have a few more questions we want to get to from listeners. Specifically, we're going to talk about like food, favorite meals, favorite stores. Uh, we'll get to all of those right after this. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. All right, we're back. We're still having a conversation at the beach about money and lots of other things with our better halves today on the show. And this is just one of the best episodes to record every every single year. And I hope listeners enjoy it as much as we do getting to actually have this conversation. But let's make this more of a lightning round. We've got some uh, questions that maybe don't involve quite as much Introspection, Therapy, Emily. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Emily's just like, My think bad. about it longer. <laughs> <laughs> Says the lady who charges by the hour. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just come back next week. Uh, we'll fix it by then, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, let's go to one from Jen. She wants to know, what are your absolute go-to meals that make all members of your household happy? 
Kate's the food wizard. She should answer Kate, every food question. Kick, she is a food off. genius. Our kids love fried rice, which is a combination <laughs> of rice and all of our leftovers. So that's always a win. They also love when Matt cooks salmon. Oh, so crispy salmon on the Daddy's griddle. Salmon mm-hmm. is is always a hit. Or if you smoke any kind of meat, they love that too. So which yeah. which we turn into like tacos or have with you know mac and cheese and broccoli or something. Yeah. Everybody likes all those meals. Yeah. I get weird sometimes in it. I push my family to eat. <laughs> Weird things, but those are those all, are all easy current favorites. And I'll, yeah. I'll also say our kids tend to be very adventurous eaters. I think a lot of folks yeah, listening yeah. are like salmon. Your kids like crispy. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and they I, like the skin on well, the back, crispy. So the trick is we get the the big fresh filet from Aldi, never been frozen, and you get that griddle, take it outside because it's going to smell. You get it screaming hot, put the hot oil on there and salt the skin, put it skin side down and let it just go. And that skin gets all crispy. It's like a potato chip. So also, Matt pitched it to them like potato chips. And so that's, that's what they think yeah, it tastes <laughs> like. And that's part of why they love it. That's the winner. Now you're starting to sound like our buddy Frankie from Struggle Meals over there. Just giving recipes on the, on the podcast. Salenza. Yeah. All right. And what's that? Okay. The, the go-to, my, the meal our kids love is probably to our ever loving shame it's this <laughs> spaghetti that my gra- it's this recipe from my grandma and the white spaghetti the, I, yeah no, <laughs> and it's I brown it. it's brown it's like it's from it's the like Great a radioactive Depression. orange look right is what i would say that's how i classify it and it's not nice um but it's it, it's made from canned soups and stuff like that but my our kids love it they love it and so i grew up eating it my kids are going to just want to make note that I don't eat it. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> always like, I'm having a salad tonight. <laughs> yes. But when I'm in class or gone, that's what you cook for yeah. them. And they love that chicken Not, pot pie. I have a very simple yeah. chicken pot pie recipe. I make it a lot. Totally. We eat that a lot. They love that too. Yeah. Nice. I am not a food wizard. Actually, pretty much all I know I've learned from Kate. I'm like, Kate, what are you making for dinner? Tell me how to make it. That's what we're having tonight. Right. Well, they love mac and cheese, too. You make oh, great we, mac and cheese. We eat a lot and of yeah. Mac and cheese goes with everything, right? Yeah, so. Kate, Kate taught me that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Nina has a, a couple of questions. She says, what's your favorite store to shop, and where do you get your haircut? How much would you pay for one? Uh, you know, one of the number one perks about moving to the Burbs is affordable haircuts. <laughs> I uh, found... Jeez, well, man. no, Joel, I go to the same place Joel's mom goes to. <laughs> that so do I. <laughs> and now Kate goes too because she can cut and color hair for under $100. So I which kid you not. Insane. Yeah, no, which is insane. Under 100. Is it? it? No. No, I think it's like 120 for Okay, 120 okay. Maybe when I just get it cut, it's still. Maybe it's cheaper com- for or just you. color. I mean, you're talking like full. <laughs> That's true. Oh, oh, yeah. Snap. Are you getting the. You're probably getting <laughs> the Cheryl, the the Cheryl hookup. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it so cheap. doesn't matter in town, you're paying four to five times more. Oh, than yeah. That. It's oh, so easily. cheap that we yeah. told our friends in the city who now travel out to the Burbs to get their hair <laughs> cut at. Lisa's shout out to Lisa. Thank Lisa. you. <laughs> yes. Don't we're not going to share her number because yeah, right. we're, yeah. we're, we don't want to see her rates <laughs> go up. We want her to be paid competitively what she's what she's kind of like your dentist yeah you, you know i, I went we back talked and, about on the show well, i edited that out so that oh did you <laughs> <laughs> well i i didn't want it to sound like i was disparaging his office that kind of thing so yeah yeah, yeah. springs <laughs> coming out of the chairs and all exactly uh okay but so real quick lightning round do uh, you have a favorite store she, she was asking about favorite shop favorite store i shop a lot of secondhand stores yeah, a lot of thrift stores yeah, a lot of antique stores most of my clothes are from the thrift store and i do not hesitate to tell people all the time <laughs> that's where i got my clothes i love it but i just love seeing people's old stuff i think it's so interesting <laughs> i really don't like going to stores and spending a whole lot of money on 
I'll do that maybe a couple times a year. I'll buy like a new dress or it's a not pair your thing. of nice jeans. But I will say the last nice dress and jeans I got were at a Goodwill near my house. Boom. People so. in the burbs are just putting stuff in the thrift store with they, tags yeah. on them. It's tags on them. Emily, so you, you hit the thrift it. store, getting the good stuff. Oh, the again, goods. Kate is also a thrift store wizard, so <laughs> she comes home with all kinds of good finds. Kate's just a wizard. She is, is a wizard. Yeah. She's Guys, got that's a lot what of skills. Yeah. The bottom line <laughs> is, I'm a wizard. The big reveal. Okay, so stores. You know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not a huge um, shopper, so I think when I it, would you say that Joel does more of the shopping oh, for, for your household down, than you Joel do? Joel does yeah. more I the shopping. I love going to the grocery store. It is one also of my something and that we can credit Cheryl with. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. She my mom loves shopping down to you. If, if I call my mom, I guarantee you she's either at home, just got home from a shopping trip, or she's at the store shopping. So like I inherited this gene and I tried to, uh, I don't yeah. know, downplay it because <laughs> my mom loves shopping. So oftentimes I'll be like, Joel, I want these kind of shoes. They're kind of expensive. Here's a picture of them. You know, can you find them? And Joel... Like, I honestly think you buy all my shoes. <laughs> like, I cannot think of the last time I actually went shopping for shoes because you find them all. I love that you said parameters. What I want. <laughs> and, uh... Yeah. This is what I want. Go find it. And he and he does. I feel more like... I'm like a dog. Go chase Joel, him for a bone. Joel's helped me find shoes. Too. <laughs> <laughs> That's his... He's a shoe wizard. I could there be a personal go. shopper. This might be a side hustle. You really could. <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, I'm more tend to, like, when I'm out, like, I think of a family trip, I was out shopping with your mom, and we ran into this little boutique, and I bought, like, four things, which I usually don't do, but now, like, I've worn those four things all summer. Yeah. Like, I tend to buy things that I like, that I will just wear a lot, that and I can... Spurts. Yeah, and yep. spurts, um, generally. Sorry, I wish I was more helpful with specifics, but... That's all good. Target probably is another go-to, if it's like, eh, where else are we going? It's just quick. I mean, it's yeah. just easy. You can get everything in one stop there. and i i love costco but i refuse to wear any clothing item from costco sorry sorry guys like it's just i have so a pair far. of sandals That's i love from costco. Okay, you like really? the, yeah yeah most of the clothing like it's just sorry it's just for uh don't quite do it for the not tall quite. skinny Norwe- Norwegians. <laughs> yeah, it's, it doesn't fit me i very have well. a budding sense of style <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's keep moving uh dan basically asked like him, him and his wife they're thinking about having kids soon they're trying to find that balance between saving a ton of money now, like saving and investing and getting ahead with their finances versus thinking, oh, we're about to have kids. We should splurge a little bit, go on trips. How do you think he should approach that whole, that dichotomy essentially? Emily, you have any thoughts as a mother of three? I think it's just, it's both. You know, I think it's easy to think of your life as before and after with kids, but it's, it's not true. Like they're not the end all of everything. And so I would say like, if, are there smaller trips that you could take that allow you still to save some, but also to go mm. on a trip mm-hmm. and it's just all or nothing, especially when you think about throwing in kids to the mix just isn't, I, I would just think more broadly, I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. So take the small trips, make the memories. Cause it's so true. Yes. You don't get that time yeah. back without kids. Uh, but you also need to save some for kids yeah. as well. Yeah. The power of compounding returns. Like I look, when I look back, I do not regret having saved and invested as aggressively as we did mm-hmm. uh, because of the options that it now affords us now. Yeah. I mean, true, do, but do, you, that, do you agree? But that being said, we went on some right. pretty epic trips. Right. Mm-hmm. That you don't regret either. Kids that are yeah. huge. I mean, we still talk about those trips. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. those were foundational. Those were we did it. We tried to do them on a dime, and like yeah. whether it was a baby moon kind of kind of trip, where it's like we're staying within the state, but we're somewhere cool that we haven't explored mm-hmm. yet, and we're getting like one of the you know cheapest 
per night places we can find um, and we're driving which means no airfare all that kind of stuff or we're getting mm-hmm. a lot yeah. of ways you can cut the costs yeah yeah I mean I talked about our 13th anniversary trip is going to be to New York City and we, Southwest Points like for the win to book both flights right so those are the kind of things where I think there there's ways to do it ways to skin the cat without like foregoing not maxing out the Roth or something because you're like let's let's have more experiences before the baby comes or like you I think you really can do both for sure like and you, you should probably think more in the, with that mindset like yeah. you're not yeah. going to do one all the way and you're not going to do the other one all the mm-hmm. way but they, right. exactly. the true answer is probably somewhere in the middle but where exactly you're going to fall in the middle comes down to like Dan and, think, and, and his wife and what's important to them and it helps you think creatively I mean black and white thinking yeah. and either or thinking just like snuffs out creativity mm-hmm. so get creative yeah, balance I mean, yeah, but like just going into having kids with your relationship in a balanced oh, place yeah. where mm-hmm. you guys are both feeling good relationally. Like if you have done nothing but save money and sit at home mm-hmm. and then you have kids, like Boring. one of you could could potentially be resentful in that scenario. Sure. And mm-hmm. if all you've done is travel and you go into having a kid with no money, that could be really stressful for one person in that scenario. Just, so it depends on I, the couple. I really think that the balance and the health of the relationship, whatever it looks like for you guys to build health in your relationship before you have kids. If that's travel, great. If it's not, that's okay. Just because everyone else baby means doesn't mean you have to. Mm -hmm. Like whatever you need to do to feel on the same page as your partner is is the right thing to do. Yeah. I think sometimes we think money is the answer to everything. Like we think that from a political perspective too, right? It's like, oh, funnel more money into the schools. That'll make them better. And it doesn't always pan out like that. And in fact... That's the opposite of true so much of the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so if we can do it thoughtfully, spend the money thoughtfully, then I think it can go a long way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we have enough, hopefully, to invest and prepare for that future kid as well. But yeah, uh, I would say maybe do fully fund an emergency fund. Oh, yeah. If you're Mm -hmm. like, make sure that that's funded before. Yeah. We're not advocating for YOLO, spend all the money you've got now in order to get the memories in. Because definitely don't do it if you're going into debt, right? No. Yeah, definitely not. And I mean, babies can end up costing a lot, as we have personally found out. So Mm -hmm. having that emergency fund there is good. It doesn't mean you save every cent, but it does mean that you have that cushion behind you. Totally. Okay. On the kiddo note, Susan says, How do you decide how much detail to share with your children about your finances? Kate, you want to start this one off? Sure. I mean, we talk about money a lot with our kids. It's small, casual conversations. It's not hard numbers like this. How much the house costs? You know, they're going to ask that. We're not going to answer it. They they do ask that. The older they get, they're curious. But you could tell them $100 and they'd be like, whoa. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we don't talk about the numbers as much on big things like that. But they are handling money at the ages that they are. And they have little little amounts of money to their name and so we are running through scenarios with them as they decide to spend it or not spend it and um, I think just small casual conversations that aren't loaded with emotion is a great way to introduce them to money in a like I guess a balanced easy way that isn't uh, yeah loaded with a lot of meaning or weight behind those conversations and they overhear us have conversations too like if we're comparing gutter cleaning quotes like they're listening to us talk yeah. through <laughs> the pros and cons of the different options and what they're going to do and they're listening to us have conversations that are also not loaded with emotion and sometimes do have a little piece of that where they hear us disagree so I think all of all that to say like they're part of the ongoing conversation of money in our house it's not like pervasive but it comes up a couple times a week and they hear it and or they're part of it or they ask questions 
So I just want them to not feel like it's this totally separate thing from life where they like handle all of this in uh, secrecy sort of or, something. or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's part of everything we decide mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, I think totally. At least me growing up, it, the conversations were typically fraught around money. Uh, There's a lot of emotion, or, and it was also like when I you're not supposed to hear it, and so when I heard it, it was super emotional, and that wasn't necessarily the best <laughs> the best thing for the way for a kid to get initiated into money convo. So yeah, taking the emotion out of it, but also making it normal every day, I think is really important where like Evie was telling me your oldest was telling me today, like she made seven bucks for doing something to your rug or something she like that. She fixed our rug. Like detang- yeah, we got yeah. like braided tassels on our rug and the little robot vacuum keeps unbraiding them. <laughs> and so I stupidly was like, you can have a dollar for every one of those that you fix. And then she fixed seven of them. I was like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a lot, but all right. That's great. I would say um, the emotion I do try to instill around money is just gratitude. I think when Mm. kids grow up used to a certain standard of living, you can lose perspective that that it's actually a gift and that not everyone else has the same privilege or can think about money the same. So um, I think like this beach house, like we've talked about how nice it is. We're like, isn't this great? We're thankful for the pool and we're fortunate and like, Maybe this is some a privilege. folks are still a little uncomfortable with it. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I think, um, which I actually do agree. I think learning about it unemotionally has been, is great. Um, but I do try to foster the sense of gratitude and a little bit of perspective, you know, because yeah. uh, as Americans, we're wealthy and, you know, living, it's been interesting even moving from the city to the burbs, the way you see money spent is different. And to having those kind of conversations just on mm. perspective and how other people might feel about money or view money. Uh, those are things I think kids inherit from us too. Yeah. And fending off a sense of entitlement is absolutely not terribly easy. And it's like a constant task, right? To, to help mm-hmm. your kids understand and feel that sense of contentment and thankfulness, gratitude. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, that's definitely something we work on a lot um, mm-hmm. at the yeah. dinner table and other times cool. too. It's like, yeah, let's be thankful for this thing because it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even if it's not some sort of splurge that, you know, broke our broke the bank or anything like that, this is a big deal for our family to spend money in this way. And we're going to like really appreciate mm-hmm. it and be thankful for it. Yeah, and we're just going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. totally. No, I, I do think that is good to not compl- like divorce emotions from it completely because you mm-hmm. it's still because then it doesn't feel real, right? Because then you're just crunching numbers like AI or something like that. You're just like computing data, and that's not what we are. We're not just computers, right? Like we're individuals that have feelings that do get to enjoy things, and so keeping that in perspective and keeping it within sort of a, a healthy frame- framework is really helpful. But, I um, agree, Matt. Yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but okay, so last question. The Kate and Emily show, uh, Rihanna asks, if Kate and Emily, if they had their own bestie podcast, what would be the topic? What do y'all think y'all would talk about if uh, Joel and I... Weird (laughs) thing. The weirdest, most disjointed... Emily and I have like to write Ripley's things down to remember or to or talk what? to each other about it. Yeah. Uh, like, oh, I got to no. mention this to Kate. I can't forget it. Weird, I know. I write it down. <laughs> Sometimes when I come over, I like pull out my phone oh. to the notes section. I'm like, I got some questions 100%. over this last week. <laughs> guess what happened? It. That's what it would be. Us going through our notes <laughs> on our phone. <laughs> talk about crazy stuff from the past week. A lot of random. Yeah. But I think parenting in general. I mean, I feel like what we talk about the yeah. most is yeah. like relational dynamics within our family, within our community. It's like between our families there's just it's just interesting Mm -hmm. talk a lot about parenting Mm -hmm. and like relationships Mm -hmm. yeah and just also just information i mean i love 
the way Kate thinks creatively and I love to hear about her farm and her garden and all thrift store you know I just appreciate a friend I, I just feel like we just talk about weird yeah really weird information stuff. on weird things and that would occupy our time yeah. it would be not cohesive and that's why we don't have a podcast. <laughs> that's why we are not the podcast. No, I think, guys, what's the overarching theme, though? <laughs> we don't have an overarching theme. Weird things. That's one, what we talk totally about. This is totally going to usurp Joe Rogan. I think this needs, <laughs> we need to start this immediately. These conversations are, are quite meandering as well. Yeah. Or embarrassing things we've done. That would also. Oh, there's so many. There's a lot of that. Like, oh, I cannot believe the interaction I just had. <laughs> yes, but I just said out accident. loud at school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could just call the podcast Awkward Moments with oh, Emily and Kate. Kate and I oh. could totally fill that up. We could fill an hour. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Uh, we'll make sure to let let everybody know what Definitely y'all not because we're weird because our kids are weird. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> We've gone long, but let's quickly share the beer that we drink uh, that we shared today was Madame Rose or Rose. No, I guess Madame Rose. This is a Belgian style wild ale by Goose Island Beer Company. Ladies, what were your thoughts? Oh, Emily, you didn't even drink yours. You've you know, this isn't my style of beer. I like it. It's really good. It's a good... I see three empty glasses and one... <laughs> I drink about half of it. It's... Um, More for me. That's true. Well, now I'm embarrassed. Is it a sour beer? It's, it's yeah. a sour. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. okay. It's definitely sour. Yeah, yeah. So that's just not my jam. Um, and it, it's got a lot of vinegar. Mm-hmm. You're an IPA gal. Yeah, I would drink an IPA all day long. A sour is not my jam. But it's good. Like, I can appreciate the craft and quality. But I'm just not going to put that back. Yeah. This one had cherries in it, and this one is from 2017. So this had like so that might be why it had more in your mind, like more vinegar. Notes. Yeah, so yeah. oxidized a little bit. But I mean, that being said, yeah. there was still a lot of body. There's still a lot of sweetness. Yeah, it is, and I that and that's probably why I like persisted. it more. I like the sweet too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was. I'm not the one who likes to drink pickle juice. I'm not, <laughs> not pointing fingers. So, Kate, on that note, you probably love this beer. I did. You know, we used to make a drink at home where we would mix apple cider vinegar and um, fresh cranberry juice together, and I would add it to my water to uh, flavor it. And honestly, this is pretty reminiscent of that. Yeah, I get it. Well, okay, so, like, our podcast would be full of Kate's recipes. So, it was that Miss, Miss Bragg's or something like that, apple uh-huh. cider vinegar? Yeah. With the mother. With uh, the mother. Yes. Why would you do that again? Was that like a gut health thing? Uh, yeah. Also, I just really love vinegar. I mean, I drink. I am the one Emily's referring Literally, to. Literally, she drinks pickle juice. Let's be clear. <laughs> Only good pickle juice. Not the kind with food coloring in it. Yeah, don't forget that. Just Obviously. It burns your gut naturally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It promotes gut health. Yeah, I think Joel, that's what that did is. you dig it? Oh, man, it's right up my alley. It was Flanders Red Vibes, which is one of my favorite beer styles out of Belgium. Cherries gave the nice little sweet and the fruity notes along with the oak. I mean, this thing. It's aged in wine barrels as well, so it had, <sighs> I think that's where some of the oak came from, some yeah. of that depth. This was hitting all the notes for me, for yeah. sure. Definitely glad we got to enjoy this one. Glad you picked this one up. And that's going to be it again. If you are still listening, we appreciate you listening to the fifth <laughs> wives episode. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun, ladies. We are thankful we'll for y'all. Biannual, we'll see. Do it twice a year. Back Emily. by popular demand. Just take me to the beach twice a year. Take me here. I'm, well, oh, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm yeah. sign me up. <laughs> what we need to do. Plus, we're gonna have to promote your new podcast. So <laughs> true. Yeah. All right, ladies. Weird things. <laughs> Thank y'all for uh, coming on the podcast today. Absolutely. Thank you guys. And I'm guessing we probably won't have any show notes up. I, I guess we will, but I don't know what we'll link to. <laughs> but uh, you can find. <laughs> Those up on the website at howtomoney.com. And Joel, until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.
It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to acclaimed musician and entrepreneur, Pitbull. I think that education is the real revolution because as much as we speak about all the problems that there is in society and the world today, my mother's always told me, son, don't worry, the world's always been coming to an end. Don't let it scare you out of living. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 